dear listener this is vishana for the winning it stocks podcast and i am in conversation with mr suhas shastri you now be listening to the part b of the conversation sit back and enjoy listening so you are heading to ecuador now correct <laughs> again issues with your passport oh the indian embassy helped you at bogota correct so um, um ecuador was originally when i had planned this trip back in august 2019 uh, there was visa on arrival for indian passport um but in december 2019 they had changed this rules that uh, indians needed a, a visa to get into ecuador uh, i i was trying to cross in uh, january uh, and i did not know this rule was implemented uh, so Uh, I went into the border and I found out that uh, I needed a visa and they wouldn't let me in. Uh, so they he, uh, he was like okay you can just go back to this border town in Colombia where there is an ex- Ecuadorian consulate and you can get the visa there. So um I was like okay let me go back and then I went back into Colombia uh, went to the consulate and asked them um I need a visa to a tourist visa to travel to Ecuador. Uh, they're like yeah okay these are all the documents you need there were, there was like uh, you know an employment offer letter a bank's uh, statement certificate um uh basic documents except except they also needed a police clearance certificate from either the country of residence uh, which in my case was the US or the home country which was India uh, so they needed a police clearance certificate from either of either one of the two countries uh which was a problem uh because um, it is not something i would get immediate every other document i had it with me um so i approached uh, i started working on getting this document uh first way was uh, there was a, a portal on fbi where you have to submit all your fingerprints and they would uh, you know look through if i had any criminal history or record and they'll they'll give this uh, no the police clearance certificate The second option was um uh, here in Bangalore uh, approach uh, the local police station uh, where they would look dig through the files and they and that would take its own time yeah yeah so FBI had about 2 to 3 weeks time uh, and in Bangalore that also had about a month's time and the third option was um um ask for the police clearance certificate from the embassy uh, Indian embassy in Bogota in Colombia uh so i worked through these all three options and i sent the required documents for all three uh, you know uh, parties um and the the question of waiting game began basically uh, all three ways had about 2 to 3 weeks or maybe to a month of uh, wait time um so i posted this on social media asking for help if there was a faster way to get um so luckily one of my friends um he um, you know he knew uh, through some contacts the um, ambassador of uh, indian embassy in buenos aires in argentina um, and he put me in touch with him um, and uh, the ambassador uh, you know personally called me and understood my situation uh, understood what i was doing and he was really happy to help me and he uh, that ambassador put me in touch with the ambassador of colombian uh, embassy uh, of indian embassy sorry indian embassy in bogota colombia 
and he did the same he personally called me he uh, he's like okay where are you going what are you trying to do okay you need the police clearance certificate okay i'll help you with that uh, and um, i had already submitted all the required documents um this all this conversation happened over the weekend uh, monday morning 9 am uh, the the embassy opened and 908 am i had the document in my inbox wow. so they really helped me uh, in getting this document within yes. like two days instead of waiting two weeks okay so i got the visa and i was on my way and i was in equity we indians speak so much in ill about our own agencies and these embassies and all that Yeah. and to for them to have uh, lived up you know to have been so quick yeah. responsive and prompt oh, show that india is changing yeah. you know, the image of abroad is changing and yeah. they are acting fast and now other day the, uh, our external express minister jayshankar was saying now things have changed everything has got digit- digitized we kept getting uh, requests for uh, indians having struck abroad and other things and uh, within uh, moments and sometimes uh, they find help we are ready to help them correct yes yeah, at least you were fortunate yeah uh, definitely they like in those places to get ready help otherwise waiting for so long will be really painful mm-hmm. okay yes yes very much so what next um so in ecuador <laughs> um, i had the unique experience to like actually cross the equator oh uh, wow where you can the same uh, equator that runs through sahara yes माउंट Chimborazo is somewhere close to this place. Correct. It's just south of the equator. Okay. Uh, just, just south of the equator, Mount Chimborazo, and uh, it is actually the highest point on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Mount Everest is the highest mountain mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know, uh, in terms of that's about twenty-eight thousand uh, feet. Uh, no, thousand. Yeah. Twenty-eight thousand feet above uh, sea level. Correct. Isn't correct. So, yeah. The, so yeah. technically, that makes it the highest I point. Yeah. But um, Mount Chimborazo uh, is because of the equatorial bulge oh, we have okay. uh, at the equator. Okay. Um, so the tip of Mount Chimborazo is a lot closer to the, the is is closer to the sun rather than oh. uh, than the tip of Mount Everest. Point is closest to the sun. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's the that's point. The, which that's is, a, uh, what you call the altitude uh, happens gradually, or uh, it suddenly elevates and gets into a peak kind of thing. I uh, know it's a it's a big mountain, okay. uh, and it's in the Andes uh, mountain oh, range. Andes mountains. Yeah. Okay. Um and yeah, this uh, because of the equatorial bulge, it puts okay. at the now that the point is the furthest away from the center of the earth. Okay. Okay. So now uh, you move to that uh, city called Lima. Was Correct. that a city? Yeah, or? that's in Peru. Yeah, Peru, Peru. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Peru. And uh, I'm curious to know, anyway, you just uh, cross the Amazon forests or the Amazon River? I did um, not the river, but I went into the Amazon forest, rainforest, in, uh, rainforest okay. in Ecuador. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, I was there during the peak monsoon season, and uh, the the second I set foot in in the Amazon to the 
point where I got out of Amazon, it was just raining cats and dogs all day, okay. every day. Um, so I everything, the gear I was wearing was soaked. Uh, the clothes I was carrying was all wet. Uh, so it was unbearable at one point, and then I decided mm-hmm. not to continue. So peak of a rainforest. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, better than that. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, you also come across uh, Machu Picchu, no? Correct. And the Canon del Pato. Canon del Pato. Canon del Pato. Yes. Canon. Yes. Um, yeah. Both of them are in uh, Peru, and Canon del Pato is uh, in north of uh, Peru. Uh, so there is this little road that. There, uh, that is carved through the uh, mountains uh, and it has about 80 something tunnels in uh, a distance of 50 or 40 kilometers. So that was, uh, I mean, I, that was recommended by one of the local bikers there and uh, I took that. It was worth it. Wow. Um, and Machu Picchu was, you know, as everyone knows, it's one of the wonders of the world. Wonders of the world. Um, it is in the southern part of yes. Peru near Cu- this town called Cusco. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's a, an Inca ruin. Um, yes, yes. And uh, I, you know, it, it's world famous, so it's going to be touristy. Uh, and it was touristy, but uh, the place was beautiful. Yes, yes. Absolutely. That's a very really famous part. place where archaeologists like to go. Mm-hmm. Once again, uh, that, uh, it's dated uh, not very far behind. Uh, real, uh, people who have done the carbon dating have said even that is about more than 10,000 years old. Okay. No, and the, there are structures are so modern. Uh, it looks uh, so technically that they said uh, the uh, the hunters and gatherers supposed to be alive at that time couldn't have done all this. So it's ancient history. Yeah. There is no proof to it. Yes, please go ahead. Oh uh, no! Actually, I was going to say um, it's um, at least what I read being there. Uh, it's. Um, more modern. It's not. It's not really that ancient. Uh, it was uh, during the Inca civilization, um, where Machu Picchu was actually uh, supposed to be a summer home or a getaway from the main. Uh, that's why it was built in the mountains in the jungle, uh, so that the generals and all the top yeah. officials could like vacation there. Yeah. Uh, but they found it so difficult um, because it was up in the mountains and. Yeah, for food and water, uh, the, all the res- basic resources was difficult to find and they abandoned it within 100 years. Uh, so, in a sense, Machu Picchu was a failure, historically speaking. Uh, but today, it's making millions of dollars in terms of tourism for yes. the Peruvian government. So, you're already there in Peru now, isn't it? Uh, Peru? Peru, yeah. You're already in yeah. Peru. So, what else uh, that was interesting for you? Yeah, in Peru, I spent a lot of time in Peru. Um, Peru was good uh, in terms of, you know, uh, I spent a lot of my time in Peru while being in Peru uh, in the Andean mountains. So being in the mountains is, uh, Andes Andes mountains is, you know, I've seen Rockies, I've seen the Himalayas. Um, Andes has its own, you know, charm to it. uh, And I loved spending time. How different is Andes from the other mountains? I would say Himalayas is still, you know, the, is, it, it is a different kind of mountains altogether. Uh, but yes. Andes has a lot of high altitude uh, plains. Mm-hmm. That was unique. Next was Bolivia. And uh, you were talking about the death road. The, the death road, the name itself sounds so crazy, so horrifying, no? Correct. <laughs> what is that death road? Tell us about that. 
Okay, yeah. So Death Road um, goes from uh, the capital city uh, of Bolivia, which is uh, La Paz, uh, to the Amazon jungle. So it basically descends down from a high altitude to a low altitude. Um, and before there was, uh, that was the only road connecting the two regions. Uh, and there was a lot of, you know, truck traffic, people traffic and bus traffic all on this tiny road, which is cut into the side of a mountain. Um, so it is probably about 10 feet wide. And in some places, it's only about six okay. to eight in feet six wide. Feet, how can the buses pass? Yeah. So that, that's, that's why. And on the other side, uh, it's a, it's a thousand foot drop. Uh, down to the valley. So a lot of people died uh, while commuting. Uh, the whole buses just would roll over the edge and then people would die. And that is why it got the God name Death Road. Okay. Uh, but today that's not the case anymore. It's not. It's only used for tourists. Uh, only there is much, only tourist traffic there. Um, and um, Have they made an alternative? They, they have a, a big set of the art, like two-lane mm-hmm. highway. Uh, road connecting these two regions now. So all the truck and the bus traffic goes through there. And it's only tourist who comes through here. Good. So it's no longer death road, but the name is still. So you have uh, driven on Ladakh Lane, mm-hmm. even there, uh-huh. to find such narrow roads. Correct. So this this was not very strange to you. No, this was not strange in a way. Um, in terms of you know uh, the drops or the the sheer mountain cliffs or the. But Leh Ladakh, again, those roads are still used by, uh, you know, commuters and uh, truck traffic. So that way, I would say that was more dangerous. And on the Bolivian uh, plains, right, you also found these salt flats. Correct. What is that? Yeah, so um, there is... You uh, find salt there? Yeah, there is actual salt there. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's called... It's basically a dried salt lake bed. And uh, it is actually the largest in the world. It's the largest salt flats in the world. And it's called, it's in this place called Uyuni, uh, in southern Bolivia, in the Altiplano. Um, that was a very unique experience because I was there uh, during the monsoon. Um, and uh, when it rains, it forms, uh, you know, a, a layer of water just stagnant on this whole uh, salt flats. Um, and that, because there is, uh, sometimes when there is no wind, this water stays so still. Uh, and it forms the world's, it, it's nicknamed the world's uh, giant, the world's biggest mirror. Um, because the water effect will look like a mirror. Okay. Um, and it is nicknamed the world's largest mirror. Wow. And I was there to witness that okay. because I was there in the monsoon. Okay. It, this is not the giant glacier you found. No, no, no. This is That's salt ahead. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. You have traveled so many countries. Do you remember how many countries you have passed by now? Yeah, yeah, every every one of them. Yes. Fifteen countries. So at this point, I think fourteen countries. Fourteen, including Bolivia. Okay, yeah. okay. Now you are entering the fifteenth country. That is Chile. Chile, correct. Uh, Chile. You yeah. pronounce it as Chile. Uh, Chile. 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 Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah. So um, Peru and Bolivia was uh, mostly like third worldly, uh, you know, in terms of infrastructure and everything. Uh, entering Chile, it was, um, or Chile, it was like Europe. Um, Chile Chile was very well developed. Um, it was like Europe. Uh, so for us, it was, uh, when I say us, I was traveling with two other uh, New Zealand or Kiwi bikers at the time. Um, and we crossed the border and went to this town called Kalama. 
uh, in Chile. Uh, because we there we saw a mall, we saw like a, a, a nice petrol bunk and everything. Uh, we wanted to get some food. So we stopped at this mall in a secured parking area uh, with cameras and security gates. It was paid to. Um, we stopped our bikes there. Uh, we went to the food court to get some food. Um, you know, we had some food. We come back 40 minutes later. Uh, we see our stuff was stolen, like our helmets. Oh, we were robbed. Fact, we were robbed in Chile. Yeah, that was our first experience. Literally, the first day we entered Chile, this happened. Um, our helmets and jackets uh, were stolen. Um, so at the time, I was traveling with two other Kiwi bikers I mentioned. Uh, one of their names was Greg, and the other one was Justin. Um, so same helmet and jackets for both of their helmets and jackets. The bikes were there. there. Bikes were there. Because so, there's a paid uh, parking. Correct. So we had locked our bikes. Oh, so locked. bikes were there. Okay. Everything, but helmet and jacket, we just, you know, kept it on the bike uh, because we thought it is secure because there were security cameras. There was, you know, paid parking, security gates and everything. We thought it would be safe. And we were only gone for like 30, half an hour, 45 minutes to have some food. Um, and we never expected that to be stolen. Uh, so I had lost, I had my GoPro mounted on the helmet. So that was also gone. Um, and uh, the worst of all was for Justin uh, because he had, because we had just crossed into the border. He had kept his passport in his jacket pocket and his jacket was stolen. So he lost his passport, uh, which, uh, you know, which meant that we had to recover this um, one way or the other. And we asked... Um, the mall authorities, uh, because there was a security camera pointing at our parking spot. Like, can you get us the footage? They're like, no, we can't give you footage uh, unless you have a police complaint. So we go to a police station. We got we got us a police report. Um, we knew uh, the guy writing the report. We knew he was just doing his job. He was not going to help us anyway to find this. They are all hand in or no any control over this. Uh, more no more thieves. like um, uh. Chile was going through a, a bit of a, a revolution at the time. Um, the people were revolting. People were revolting against the government because there was inflation and uh, high taxes and high uh, fees for you know public transport etc. So police were more focused on that rather than some foreigners theft. Um, so we knew they were not going to help. Anyway, we, we took the report. We came back to the mall asking for the security footage. And they were like, no, at that time, this camera was not working. Uh, so we... That's a big that, lie. We, I don't know if it was a lie or maybe, the, I don't know, maybe they didn't want to get into complications. Yes. Uh, but yeah, at the time, we, you know, we took matters into our own hands. Uh, where I posted this uh, on uh, social media saying this has happened. I posted pictures of our helmets and jackets. Um, and then we were robbed. Um, can you help us, like, you know, retrieve it? What can we do in this situation? And apparently my post uh, went uh, viral within uh, the Chilean motorcycle community. And uh, within 12 hours, there was like 20,000 shares or something, which was a surprise to me. Um, because people do care, you know, we are a bunch of uh, overland adventure bikers. And suddenly when they enter Chile, it's all gone. Um, so they, everyone wanted it's to help us. It's the country's reputation. Correct. Also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so that happened. And secondly, uh, one of um, so someone saw my post, uh, someone who lived in this town, he contacted us saying, hey, uh, I read your post. Uh, I can come and help you. Where are you guys staying? And, you know, he took our hotel address and everything. So this person, his name is Tito, and he was uh, 
he was the uh, active military service guy so he had some contacts around so he came to our hotel he understood the whole problem what it was and then the next day he took us to some uh, uh, what is that uh, flea market where s- such stuff typically comes well, from also call it a fence uh, yeah where they keep the yeah, stolen yeah. goods yeah sometimes they are stolen sometimes they are cheap sometimes cheap. they are like imported illegally things like that okay. so it's called a flea market it's like a second hand market correct okay. correct okay. Um, so we went there to see if it's over there somehow and no luck we didn't see it um and uh, because he's like military active military service he knew a lot of contacts so he got in got, got us in touch with a, a local news agency they interviewed us saying uh, what has happened uh, what did you lose and how how can we help you things like that so on that interview uh, so that was a chilean national news interview uh, and everyone were aware that you know there are three foreigners who has lost their stuff and one of them has lost their passport uh, and is they're stuck in chile now trying to retrieve their things um then we even in the news uh, you know coverage we showed pictures and videos of our stolen goods um and the third option was uh, we uh, printed out a flyer uh, we made a flyer saying uh, we'll give 200 dollars to the person who finds our stuff right a reward money uh, to the person who finds our stuff no questions asked you know uh, and we printed like 100 flyers and posted it all over the town so there was the social media post it went viral there was the national news and there was this uh, um flyers all over the town so people knew that this was stolen and uh, there were three foreigners stuck here and uh, everybody knew that they everybody knew what our helmets and jackets looked like so the thieves the actual thieves who stole it couldn't sell it to anyone because it was hot goods and nobody wanted to buy them um so at which point these thieves used a middleman to contact us to uh, you know sell so I, i sorry to interrupt you yeah what if the thieves had waited and for months to pass and then they have sold it it i guess they they wanted immediate money i, ah, I don't know and but later i found out you know these are small petty thieves petty thieves and uh, they never imagined it to be to go so big Mm-hmm. and they were actually afraid of getting arrested and being becoming part of national news so they started approaching these middlemen who talked to us saying hey uh, these are like some small time thieves who has gotten into big trouble but even with all these the police keep aloof yeah police were still not helping us in any way um because the people may revolt because yeah. the country was going to some correct yeah. yeah 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 so anyway this we you know uh, negotiated a deal we agreed for a meet up point uh we paid $200 and we got our stuff back how many uh, hours you had to waste in the process oh we we stayed in that town for one full week week one full week we had to yeah this all thing all this yeah this whole thing how you spend your time for a week uh just you know doing you know, writing the flyer printing them out took some time uh, you know uh, news that was a full day activity um so yeah it took time so okay. it is not it was like five days did it hamper your schedule and all your planning plan tour plan it did yeah it did uh, delay me a little bit but you know what can you do you can't go anywhere without helmet yeah, yeah. uh but unfortunately though even though we had uh, we received we got 
uh, stuff back. Mm-hmm. Uh, my GoPro. And his uh, his passport. Also no, I was going to say no. He d- he did not get his passport. Okay. Uh, so he lost his passport, and my GoPro was also not returned to me. So that mm-hmm. other tolls I lost. But we had what we needed. How did he make his? How did he make his way through so, without the passport? Correct. So we had what we needed to get back on the road, um, and we rode down to Santiago, which is the capital city of Chile. And he over there he applied for a new passport in the okay. New Zealand embassy. Okay. Um, so he had to wait for uh, some time uh, okay. while me and Greg continued. Uh, think of the situation when you were alone or they were alone and. How it would have been to be alone in such a situation, yeah. to be a, a team of three and helping each other. Yeah. How different it was from being alone. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, you know, if I had, in my case, I had only lost helmet and jacket, which was nothing. Would have uh, replay. Yeah, it was all yeah. replaceable. Forgotten uh, about it. Correct. Uh, it was a question of some money, money. Uh, which I would have probably bought new helmet, new jacket, be on my way. If I if I was by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I had help from two of them, mm-hmm. and we were all eager to receive our uh, retrieve our stuff mm-hmm. back, uh, so we helped each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was um, a shocking experience, but uh, good thing you can make it through. Yeah, it okay. was uh, not a pleasant experience no. while going through. Now, now I can you know waiting for a week. Back. Oh, I can laugh about it. <laughs> okay, any other experience worth? Uh, you know, sharing the Capricorn thing. What's the Capricorn? Oh, Tropic of Capricorn. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's like Tropic of Cancer, which passes through, uh-huh. uh, you know, center of India. Uh-huh. Uh, like that on the southern hemisphere, it's called uh-huh. Tropic of Capricorn. Uh-huh. Uh, it, again, it's an imaginary line. Okay. Uh, so we pass through that in uh, southern Chile. Not southern Chile, central Chile. Just south of Santiago. All these things represent the stars. Uh, not really, no. It's it's just uh, latitude lines on okay. on planet Earth. Okay. Why are they named after the stars? Uh, I do not know. No. <laughs> okay. Anyways, okay. Um, yes. How did your bike last? You know, for all this long journey, how did it? I mean, can it kind of behave, or how did it take all this? Yeah, my bike was. Um, I was I was lucky, actually. I should say. That I did not have any major mechanical breakdowns. There were some minor flaws, which I I was carrying tools and knew my way around, and I could fix them by the side of the road. Uh, but no, no major 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 breakdowns. I had to replace uh, two rear tires and one front tire. They were completely worn out. Oh, they were worn out. Yeah. My uh, um, so and the Formula One tires that weighs out so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, these are enduro tires actually. Um, but yeah, they, they were out. Uh, are they tubeless tires? Tubeless? Yes, they are tubeless. Yes. And yeah, um, I was carrying some basic spares as well, but luckily I didn't have to use any of them. Mm-hmm. So now you're at the fag end of your entire long journey. Mm-hmm. Where next? Okay, yeah, I mean, I stuck to Chile for a while. Um, although I, I crossed over into Argentina just for like a couple of days and I came back to Chile. Um, and yeah, in Chile, uh, I entered this region called Patagonia. It was, um, you know, a dream destination for me because I was looking forward to explore Patagonia for a very long time. And finally, I was there. Um, and it, it is a beautiful place. It's a, a lot of big mountains and open spaces and a lot of lakes and glaciers. And uh, on the Chile. It's on the Amazon? No, no, no. Uh, Patagonia is a different region. 
it's a, it's a, the southern part of south america it is shared between both argentina and chile okay uh, and i was on the chilean side uh, initially okay um so um, yeah there is a lot of national parks there um called torres del paina in chile um it has a lot of you know glacier melt water beautiful blue lakes and uniquely shaped mountains um after that i crossed over to argentina mm-hmm. uh in argentina again you know that region of patagonia is shared between the two countries so they you do a lot of criss crossing between chile and argentina you hop over the border hop back hop on off on off um so in argentina um i went to this place called fitzroy if you know the brand patagonia the adventure gear uh there is the logo uh, for patagonia and there is mountains in the in the in that logo uh and uh that those mountains are fitzroy and i saw the actual mountains mm-hmm. in the logo of patagonia um and just south of that was um perito moreno glacier uh where you could actually walk up to the face of the glacier and you could just see from like uh, 100 meters from where you can stand this giant wall of glacier this in in front of you and uh while i was there looking at the glacier i was lucky enough to see uh, a giant chunk of glacier uh, you know crack and fall into the ocean like hurling water like 100 feet in the air and wow. i was like standing there watching that i even caught it on video oh so nice uh, you put it on my, your youtube channel yes, it's on my youtube wow. channel yes yes okay uh, i can't wait to uh, so i see this Yeah. Okay. Mhm. Very good. And what about Puerto Montt uh, the mountain is it that's a mountain? Oh, no Puerto Montt is uh, it's just a port. Port. Yeah. Or okay. uh, there is port. Not, nothing special okay. about it it's a port okay. town. Okay. You are almost uh, close to your last destination the destination point Ushuaia. Okay. Yes. Okay. From there how do you, how long did it take to reach there? Uh from Perito Moreno um, um in argentina you take uh, uh they call it ruta 40 which means 40 mm. yeah. uh route 40 mm. uh and route 40 go there is a 70 km stretch of uh really terrible road uh that is the worst bit of road i've experienced in my entire life uh it, it was they call it the locals call it malditos which means very bad um not asphalted or not not asphalted it's rocky it's, it's a lot of gravel like thick deep gravel oh, uh, where your motorcycle will sink the front end will sink okay. if you you know slow down or anything will sink just in, like a uh, desert you know yeah like sand kind sand of sand kind of but uh, this was like gravel okay uh because it's not compacted gravel so it's loose gravel mm-hmm. so uh, so the best way to ride that is you know you have to go fast uh, as because uh, it reminds me of the dakar rally yes something s- similar concept yes the okay. over there sand is loose here the gravel was loose uh so the, the i am not an expert off road rider uh, but yeah or uh, the best way believe it or not is to go fast on this road because as you are going fast uh you you know as you're on the accelerator um accelerator pedal uh, or accelerator handle whatever you want to call it um it will uh, lift the front end of the bike uh and because there is not much load on the front end of the bike um 
it'll you know just skid over the gravel instead of uh, rather resistance they're not correct. at least resistance yes. uh, the, the, the second you roll like, the second you roll off on uh, accelerator uh, the front end will dig in mm-hmm. and you'll start the front end will start wobbling uh, so the, the the key is uh, to keep the gas on mm-hmm. um, but i i you knew you knew about this or somebody told you No, I sort of I acquired it. I uh, learned, and of course, uh, I was traveling with Greg, the New Zealand biker, and he was an expert off-roader. He was, you know, coaching okay. me. Okay, he was giving me tips rather. Um, and yeah, I I sort of learned. What's the risk of uh, losing balance? And oh, you skid- you fall skidding. down. Skidding. Yeah, you fall down. You you fall and skid through the surface. That's the only route uh, that you have. That is the only route which goes south. Wow. Yeah, and that was and um, to top of on top of that there was. Uh, a 100 kilometer an hour uh, crosswinds uh, going through there they they call it gale storm um, and i rode through gale storm on this particular stretch of road it's all on my youtube channel wow. uh, it was uh, pretty scary okay yeah, there were a couple of nervy moments but luckily i didn't fall okay okay so now you're closing to the last uh, yeah towards the last stretch after that it was um yeah it was uh, right to ushwaya uh basically um it was a when i arrived at ushwaya it was very late in the evening uh it was all dark and at the time greg was still with me and we had met another mexican biker uh his name was jesus um and uh, the three of us uh made it to the uh, ushwaya uh, at like maybe 8 pm in the night Uh, there is like a giant arch welcoming to Ushwaya, and the three of us stopped there, celebrated. Um, wow. I had a tequila. Jesus um, oh, being uh, Mexican me- tequila. Mexican. Okay, okay. He he was carrying tequila and three shot glasses miraculously. Um, and yeah, we had a shot to celebrate. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, finally you know relieved. Okay. Uh, great. You, you knew well before that that was going to be your last point. Yeah. Something uh, like a tense scenery. Reaching the Himalayan peak and yeah. I don't think there is there is nothing back. beyond Ushuaia. Nothing beyond Ushuaia. Yeah, Ushuaia is okay. the southernmost town in the world. And, okay. um, How was the feeling that time when you reached that point? Yes, After it I was. I've gone through so much yeah. of ordeal and all that yeah. Uh, stuff. Yeah, uh, having gone through so much, right? Like in terms of bureaucracy, in terms of weather, in terms of you know all the, all the theft that I had, all that is completely worth it. Okay, uh, I, I felt when I. When I reached Ushuaia, yeah. but uh, somewhere, uh, have you did you get a thought that you were lucky to be alive? Anything could have happened on the way. Um, yes, as in lucky to be alive for sure. Yes, uh, I I never really felt like like you know, there was a death threat threat in uh, anywhere. People were like super friendly overall, and even the roads were dangerous, but it was not. Merely enough to kill me or anything. This statement so, will encourage a lot of people who want to take absolutely. Yeah, if anyone wants to attempt this, it, you know, it is not as difficult. <clears throat> it's not as dangerous mm-hmm. as uh, people think it is. Yes, yes. But you need to be tough. You you need to be oh, tough. You need to be prepared. Face all that. Correct. You need to be prepared for anything. Yeah. Be prepared for the worst. Worst. Yes. Yes. It can't get worse than that. Correct. Isn't it? Yeah. So. Wonderful, okay. <laughs> What a huge relief! How did you get back after that? You flew back, or yeah. So that was another story, actually. Um, so as soon as we reached Ushuaia, so from Ushuaia, the the road f- further goes south, 
um uh, and uh, this there is this national park called tierra del fuego uh, which is called land of fire uh, and that at the end of this national park the road goes through the national park and the road basically ends uh, that is the end of the world that is mile zero uh, on the pan, pan american highway so there is nothing further you can't go beyond that so obviously that was the ultimate destination for me we we went there we went to tierra del fuego we celebrated uh came back to the hotel we were staying uh and we saw news uh, of coronavirus uh entering uh, you know the south america and there was news that they were going to shut down all the borders uh, the argentinian authorities were uh going to shut down in the next 24 hours so for us um, you know argentina went from completely open to completely shut down in about 24 hours uh so for us it was very difficult because um uh there was there was an airport out of ushuaia but it is it was enough to get me back but for my bike it was difficult so to get my bike out of there i had to go, go, get back to buenos aires which was the uh, capital city capital of argentina, argentina. Yeah. correct and buenos aires was 3000 kilometers from ushuaia uh so you have to come oh, back in north okay uh and you have to again you know criss cross between chile argentina cross borders uh had to go to buenos aires so as soon as we saw that news we we But you had already planned your return journey isn't it correct i had planned and my i had already had a shipping agent which was from buenos aires from buenos aires correct okay. and uh, but now you didn't have the time now yeah now i had to get to buenos aires uh before as quickly uh, as, as, possible. as quickly as possible so immediately the next day me and greg started riding back um to uh, buenos aires it was 3000 kilometers we we wanted to do that in 4 days um so averaging about 800 kilometers a day um we crossed as again we started going back north and we crossed into chile argentina oh. chile argentina a few times oh. as you, because that's the only road which goes there um and every border that i crossed um a few hours later or a few you know uh, uh, it shut down uh, and it remained shut for the next 8 to 10 months oh. so i was very lucky to just squeeze through or just pass by um and uh, argentina imposed a rule um where um, any foreigners who came into the country um after march 17th needs to be quarantined for uh, for 15 days and uh, they imposed that rule and to our bad luck we crossed the last border from chile to argentina uh, on march 17th so police checked our passports they saw the passport stamp and uh, in this small town they asked us to quarantine uh, because you know there it said 17 march on the passport and they are like okay you entered the country on 17th march uh, you have to quarantine they were just blindly following the rules without thinking you know where we were coming from uh so basically we were coming from a you know where we free yeah so, limited population very less people kind uh, of uh, area there's no risk of uh, no risk of virus spreading yeah 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 becoming so, epidemic yeah actually we were approaching them you know the more populated area so but they they stuck to the rules um it was mostly panic from all the media panic that was created uh, and people were just reacting to panic um so I, we tried to explain you know hey we're coming from ushuaia we didn't really meet a lot of people there is no way we could have had covid but you know they wouldn't listen they quarantined us in a room uh, that is when i approached the indian embassy again um 
uh, so i spoke to the ambassador and they um, one of his subordinates actually took called the locus police uh, station they explained our situation saying uh, he was only coming from ushuaia and uh, there is no other way if there was a way to stay in argentina he would have but because there is only one road which goes between both the countries there was no other way for him to come to buenos aires but to cross the border and come back to argentina and to prove that there is still passport stamp the same day i crossed from i was in argentina on 17th march i crossed to chile the same day and crossed back to argentina the same day so i went through two border crossing on 17th march um so uh, the person from the indian embassy could speak spanish good spanish so he was able to explain uh my situation and he also explained that i have a flight ticket out of buenos aires uh on 22nd march you know to go back to the us um so all that you know made the made the police authorities uh, finally you know came in and uh they brought uh, a doctor to the our quarantine room and they they did a rapid test uh, which came out negative and we were free to go <clears throat> so i came to buenos aires um and um, you know i had a flight out of there uh my motorcycle was still a question mark because there were the the tour agency everything was like shut down at the time so i put my bike in a storage facility in buenos aires i flew out of there uh, because i had to get back whatever at whatever cost um and my bike was actually stuck in buenos aires for the next 10 months and the next year uh, in 2021 february i got the bike shipped oh. to uh, the us <laughs> you had to desert the poor thing yeah <laughs> that did a lot to you yeah okay <laughs> how did you feel to be without the bike for such a long time um i mean of course i was uh, happy that i came back because yes. of all the situation yes yes so i didn't have much time to think about the bike yeah, at least i yes, yes. Uh, in uh, immediately but after that you know especially the summer of 2020 um i felt like uh, i wanted the bike but i have another bike in michigan uh which i used during the summer and there was not much of moving around because it was peak covid time and everything was shut down so uh it was not with me but again i didn't really miss it okay. uh, but luckily i got it the next winter i got the bike back okay. and it's still with me in 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 a garage in michigan okay yeah. so as what a story it was i just gave me goosebumps um just recalling all those horrific experiences you have gone through and still made you know uh, to finish the, your uh, journey you fulfill your dream uh, what a thrilling adventure this is uh, so unbelievable so how you spent your covid days is another story we will do an episode on that how was it in the us uh, the first uh, uh, what do you call the fir the first information report you know the first uh, what do you call uh, the first observations because media doesn't report the whole fact yeah so okay maybe that will be another episode <laughs> you spent a lot of time discussing your bike journey come back between two oceans okay what a terrific uh, story it was uh, so thank you so us Uh-huh. Uh, for coming over and um, talking to winning edge talks and uh, it was really thanks for your time and i come to know that you're leaving tomorrow from bangalore back to the us Correct. so yeah. in a tight busy schedule you found the time to come and speak for so long 
and to give a thorough explanation of whatever uh, you faced and all this i had in fact planned to do this in number of episodes for the paucity of time you have to just do it in one episode and uh, you were able to squeeze through explaining in every detail all the um, good and the bad we must say the experiences you faced so once again thank you for your time it was a really you. pleasure having you oh, thank so, you thank you for having me i mean yes uh, i wish you all the best for future endeavors you. take more of these adventure trips and take care thank you thank <laughs> you very care, much yes give us many more first this was the first in the sense that you were the first indian to cross the two yeah. uh, what do you call arctic or antarctic and uh, you know i think you have a lot more lined up for the future and uh, they will be the first two but is it said and done yeah. uh, it's, a, it's it's really uh, what is it said what you say uh, enjoyable listening to these things but for you to go through all that i won't ask you to do it again <laughs> but for your own passion and for the thrill and uh, pe- people that's what adventure is all about yeah, uh, people yeah, every day you know all, what next is the next question on their mind yeah, uh, yeah it, it's an adrenaline it's a thrill yeah. not accomplished and more than anything it's setting a cha- uh, uh, what is say um, there's a mountain within you you are setting up a challenge within which you want to conquer so it's a inner challenge more than anything else okay. so yeah. it's an inner challenge that you already have friend now this will give you a lot of encouragement and motivation to take up more challenging task correct so yeah. i hope you do and safely too thank you yes and uh, take care yeah. i wish you all the best thank you in the future yeah. once again thanks for joining this uh, talk show yeah thank you for uh, this opportunity and thank for you. everyone who is listening and who mm. wants to do something like this uh. uh it's definitely possible you know if you put your mind to it and that's what i found out of course you will face challenges and that's part of the adventure yes and if you have the right mindset you will get through these challenges yes. and uh, if you want to uh you know watch my uh, vlog series uh, my youtube channel is called uh, uh, dual spirit adventures uh, like d u a l dual spirit adventures um, i've i've logged all say, the, the whole journey basically uh, in a 25 part youtube series so please check it out and uh, yeah if you want to do something like this and if you want to reach out to me for any questions yeah please feel free to do so oh that's very humble of you yeah. that you want to help people yeah uh, of course that, to yeah. take similar experiences that's really wonderful so thank you so us yeah once thank again thank you yeah